certainly our experience is that you know we're seeing a lot of cost price changes coming through from suppliers and it is you, you're in this perfect storm of rising energy rising petrol prices so that has a significant impact but then you've got the implications of brexit um, the pandemic that's all had an impact on cost within the supply chain UK supermarket prices could increase by as much as 5% by the spring as rising energy and other costs feed through to the high street. The cost of everyday items are rising faster than at any time in the last three decades and wages are failing to keep up. But what is likely to be the impact in the Channel Islands, which are so reliant on the UK for our supplies? We asked Mark Cox, the CEO of the Channel Islands Co-op, for his views on whether islanders should brace themselves for more expensive trips to the supermarket. Mark, we've heard a lot of talk internationally um, recently about food and energy prices going up. Indeed, um, in the UK, where most of our food comes from, prices are rising faster than any time in the past 30 years. When it comes to the co-op and, and what you sell, how much of an impact do you think we'll see? Yeah, I, I think, unfortunately, we are going to see the same impact. We're, we're not immune from those price increases. And yeah, we've got the added piece that we've got to get product from the UK to Jersey. Mm. So there's some increased costs along that supply chain. But certainly our experience is that, you know, we're seeing a lot of cost price changes coming through from suppliers. And it is, you're in this perfect storm of rising energy, rising petrol prices. So that has a significant impact. But then you've got the implications of Brexit, um, the pandemic, that's all had an impact on cost within the supply chain we've got to deal with those um so unfortunately the islands are are, are going to feel that impact because those price increases coming through will need to be passed on to consumers ultimately and, and those are the kind of big macro issues do you think um are there any local issues that are compounding the problem perhaps driving up prices further i think you, you as i said you've got that added complication that we need to move that product from the uk across on the ferries price of fuel is going up then that adds increased costs to the local supply chain as well so we've also got the piece where you know everybody's talking about labor you know what's happening with labor very difficult to get hold of colleagues so in terms of inflation that adds cost as you're, you're paying more for colleagues in stores um, you've got a shortage of labor where, where you're going to get that labor from um, so you're in this ultra competitive environment now where everybody's looking around at the same talent um, and trying to secure that talent, which is going to increase the price of the operation ultimately as you're paying more for colleagues. And the, the boss of Tesco, John Allen, the chairman of the, of the, the supermarket group, recently said that um, prices could go up for, in food for by 5% by the spring, which it really isn't that long away. Do you think because of those added factors in Jersey, we could see even more, uh, the prices going even higher than that? I think, you know, the, speaking for ourselves, and I know our competitors, we're all working hard to try and offset some of those price increases and trying to deliver as much value for consumers as we can. Um, our inflation number on food is running slightly behind the UK currently, which is good news. Um, and we will try and maintain that. So we wouldn't like to see it increase further. But yeah, it, it is, really does depend on where those cost pressures come from ultimately and how much retailers can offset them. And what levers do you have to, to, to drive, keep the costs as low as, or the rises as low as possible, if I can put it like that? I think what, what we're trying to do is, is 
make sure that you know that we're not passing on cost prices that aren't warranted. Um, I think trying to be as efficient as we can, um, so doing more with less people if we can. So use of technology to to help um, take some of the less value adding tasks away from our colleagues, so they can focus on service and and, and dealing with customers. But it, it is very challenging. It, it's a it's a tough environment to be operating in at the moment particularly as you're dealing with the pandemic as well. So absence levels are higher. So that means you've got to backfill. That's an increased cost because you've got people off sick. Um, And as I said, trying to get hold of that labour in the first place is tough as well. Talking about staff shortages um, and the use of automation, do you think that the supermarket experience in the future could be more of a vending style automated exchange? Or do you think people on the front line will will always be important to the co-op? I think people on the front line will always be important. But I do think that technology, you, you stores now, there's trials in the UK where you've got um, cash store, cashless stores, you know, no checkouts, people are, are scanning goods on the way as they shop around stores. It's that type of technology which will... Um, you know, some people will be interested in, so you know, you'll, you'll get some adoption from customers, but there will always be a need for that personal interaction in supermarkets. And, and we're keen to keep that, you know, particularly in our community stores where we're out in the parishes. That, that's important to that local community to have that sense of belonging, and it's important to us. Part of the, in fact, I'm one person who actually rather enjoys scanning their own food. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of an experiment for me, and it's enjoyable. Do you, has that, has that um, been embraced by people, do you think? And has that allowed you to perhaps, while still having staff in key places, to reduce the number of people that you need in the shops? Yeah, the, the self-checkouts have been extremely popular and we can put a large volume of transactions through them, particularly in some of the town centre stores. You know, Our store at Charing Cross, for instance, high footfall in there, people buying and, and spending less, but um, you know, popping in for the lunchtime. It's important that they can come in and get out that store very quickly so that the adoption of that type of technology has been, been very useful. You're starting to see, you know, in, you know scan and go apps in, in supermarkets in the UK where people can go around, scan their own shopping on their mobile phone and, and you know, pay for it by a QR code at the end. It's that sort of technology which will help reduce the pressure on, on labour um, if you can get some good adoption going. Um, we've heard a lot over the past few years about cheap food, um, where supermarkets have perhaps driven down the price they pay producers. And, and we certainly hear that from our own um, potato exporters here in Jersey. Do you think the, this, this epoch and, and these price rises mark the end of the perhaps artificially low price prices when it comes to, to food? Yeah, I think that, you know, that cheap food is... Uh, you know, the, the, the terminology is ultimately it, it may be a cheap price for the consumer but ultimately somebody's going to be paying the price because you know to, to see some of the the low levels of pricing that that, that have been adopted previously um ultimately it's going to put pressure on somebody and it's normally the supplier that um is impacted co-op we take a very different stance and and you know, certainly from our perspective it's making sure you know we treat fair trade as it's not just something that's international um Fair trade to us, it means that we're paying the right price to local suppliers as well, because we recognise that that's important for them. They they need to maintain a living and survive. And if if we focus on that local piece, then the benefit to the island is that that's money circulating within the local economy. So it's good for the island. 
So we'll ensure that we, we pay a fair price. So we, we, we should be questioning where our food comes, comes from. That, that's important. And, and more and more consumers are um, looking for that traceability, understanding the origins of that product. So I think that the real cheap food era is, is probably over and probably right that it is. But it, there are ways that you can still create some great value. And we've got a range in store that's called Honest Value. It, it's our, our um, value range in store, but ethically it's sourced in the right way. So you can drive down the price by not having quality ingredients or sourcing ingredients from overseas that um, aren't perhaps the same standard as they would be if they were sourced from British food. All of that Honest Value product is... Is, is ethically sourced. It's, it still maintains the same standards of ethics that any other corp-owned brand product would. So it can be done in the right way. And so the issue of buying local, choosing a uh, a, a, a vegetable which is grown in Trinity rather than in uh, in in North Africa, is, is that is that a buying decision that consumers can make that could in fact help um, keep price increases as as low as they can. I think we've got to recognise that there's no economy of scale here in, in terms of significant volume. Um, and the local suppliers, the producers, won't get the same level of subsidies perhaps they would do overseas. But it, it product will ultimately cost slightly more. But the difference is that that's generating employment. It means that our fields are in good use or the greenhouses are in good use. Um, and that money is then being spent back in the economy. So that, that's got to be a positive way of investing and making the right choice. How much can um, local competition um, between supermarkets, how much can that keep prices stable? Yeah, I think the, you, you listen to, to some people or you read on social media that people think that you know, Jersey is an expensive place to be and food is always one of those that's used as a comparison, but we've got more square footage for 100,000 people um, in food than you know, your normal sized town in the UK would be. So people think that it's not very competitive, but yeah, I can tell you it is. So you know, we compete hard against our, our competitors, Sam Piper, Alliance, um, M&S. You know, th- th- these guys are out there try- trying to take market share and we're doing exactly the same. So it's a it's a fair fight and, it, and it's a, it's a good one to to, to have. Yeah, that, absolutely, and and it's good for consumers. There's choice, um, and, and as you know, that competitive nature means that it, it will drive value. Um, you, you've already mentioned about the the, the the big global issues which are driving up costs, such as such as fuel prices, such as um, shortage of drivers, all, all these issues. Um, what can we do uh, as consumers? What can we do to perhaps? Let's mitigate as much of those those bigger problems as, as we can. I think it, it, it's challenging. And I think from a consumer's point of view, you know, they, they want to manage their budget as effectively as they can, um, and quite rightly, because rising energy prices, rising petrol prices are going to put pressure on everybody's wallet. So it means there's less disposable income. But there's still ways of, of being able to... Um, shop smartly so you know it is looking around we've increased the number of promotions in stores for instance um, we recognize people are looking for more value um, we've increased our honest value range across all our stores so that's distributed wider than perhaps it would have been last year um, to give more people access to that range of products so it is just looking at and ensuring that they can shop smarter managing waste within their budget um, and helping us manage waste um, mm. so you know 
we, we, we donate waste product to Olio, um, which is a share community sharing app. So, you know, that product is out there. So rather than being spoiled and, and being wasted, we're putting that back into good use in the community. So there's various different methods, but ultimately if the supply chain is seeing increased costs and, you know, we are going to see some price rises and, and, we just need to work hard as a cooperative to make sure that we don't pass all of those on where we, where we don't have to. And are you limited in your in your selection of supply chains? Um, could we, for instance, as an island, look to France or other places to to, to get a source of perhaps more competitively priced food? Yeah, the, the, so we we, we buy um, cooperatively through the Coop Group in the UK, and we're part of a big independent buying group. So that gives us access to economies of scale. But we do have some um because we're locally owned we have that ability to look at other opportunities and we've just launched a new range with carful um in in our largest stores in grand marche st helier and st peter's that that's done very well but again you know there's an added cost that that product's got to come to jersey it's all got to be labeled in english so we have to put labels onto Mm -hmm. the product um currently we're having to move that through the uk um to bring it back into jersey and you know, we welcome the news by Condor that there, there is going to be a freight service established on a more regular basis. And we're talking to Carrefour about how we can increase um, the range of products that we, we take from France. The customs paperwork is tricky. That adds another mm. layer of complexity. So it's not quite as easy and simple as people think, but we're working hard to see if we can, we can drive some value by um, increasing that French range. Um, we, we've talked about what consumers can do, and perhaps we'll talk a bit more about what you can do as, 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 as the co-op and the supermarket. What about government? Can they do anything? Obviously, in Jersey, they have no influence over interest rates and other fiscal matters, but it does have tax levers to pull. Could you see the government taking more action to perhaps um, mitigate against some of the expected price rises? I think the the, the, the big one for me is GST. Um and and I have a real issue morally, you know, taxing basic foodstuffs we, that we just think is wrong, absolutely wrong. And we've campaigned ever since GST was introduced to, to not have that on basic foodstuffs. Um, that's the big lever government have um, to pull. So, you know, what, when you've got and you're reading more and more around food banks and people having to use them as... Uh, an everyday need now rather than an emergency need mm. it just seems really wrong to me that we continue to tax basic foodstuffs so that would be my plea to government let's have a look at gst let's take it off the basic foods um it's not required you know it, it's just morally wrong and what about employment is there anything that they could perhaps do to make it easier to uh, retrain reskill uh, allow you to get more staff I think from our perspective, I, I think there's certain things government can do, but for, for us, it's about making sure that we look after our people and culturally, we you know, they sense that you know the, the people that we employ feel part of the co-op. They, they you know they, that sense of belonging I talked about earlier. Um, they're really important. So we we took a, and did a big piece of work last year where we reviewed what we were paying our colleagues um, top down. Did a, did a full review of our pay structures, um, and we've, we've given added incentives to colleagues, including healthcare, um, which has landed really well. So 
we're hearing some horrific stories of some retailers running at 10, 11, 12% vacancy rates. We're not, we're, we're half of that number. So that, that work served us well. So I think as businesses, we need to take responsibility first and foremost. We can't always go looking to government to solve all our problems. Um, if we look after our colleagues and they're going to look after us, then you know, they're on the front line. They, these are the guys doing all the hard work. Um, when we're looking at particular, uh, when we're looking at price rises, um, are they going to be across the board, do you envisage, on food? Or do you expect that some items may go up in price more than others and indeed some may go down in price or, or not increase? Yeah, the, it is varying depending on the different commodities. You're, you're probably seeing above inflation price increases on things like coffee, for instance. Pasta is a particular issue and, and that's a, a weather-related impact on the crop. So we're hearing stories of pasta will increase roughly about 30% because um, there's a shortage of that, that product. So you've got those normal sort of issues around you know, crop failures that exist in the supply chain normally that are seeing some spikes in price. So it, it isn't across the board. And equally, we are seeing some price decreases. And ourselves, we've taken um, the decision to invest further in some prices to make sure that we can hold a stable basket to, for, for customers. When you say you mentioned about pasta, that's a staple for a lot of people. They, they enjoy pasta um, and eat it regularly. Um, are there uh, others of the kind of the staple basket that you think may go up? Co- you've mentioned coffee and, and, and pasta. Are there any others that we, we, we take for granted in some respects, but may see go up in price? I think it, it, it really does vary. And, and across the, the, the spectrum, there'll always be some of those that are above um, inflation moves. Mm. Um, but they're, they're the two big ones that are, are sort of coming through that are more noticeable at the moment. Um, you've mentioned about discounting and um, with price rises expected to go up, um, will we still get to see special offers? And, and could you perhaps shed some light perhaps on the, on the economics behind special offers? Because I think that people find them quite fascinating. Yeah, so I think you know, roughly it, 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 it's just under 50% of what we sell will be on promotion. So um, at, at any one stage, we've got over a thousand promotions running in our stores currently. Um, they're a good way for suppliers to attract interest. So, as part of our buying group, they will invest some of that um, in terms of providing funding for promotions to take place. Um, and then we look at that um, locally as to what what other promotion we want to be running, and we'll invest in in those. It's a way of attracting people. It's a way of keeping them shopping with us. So yeah, they're an important part of that that sort of makeup to to attract people into our stores rather than shopping in in competitors. Um, some of that, you know, for us it's important. So yeah, particularly in times of increased um, price increases that people are still able to get value so those promotions are a way of being able to do that and it's a short-term piece that offsets some of those inflationary impacts so yeah they'll they'll remain without doubt and um finally mark just talking about the co-op itself your your model is obviously slightly different in the fact that your your shoppers are indeed your shareholders um do you um do you feel as though that puts uh, an extra onus on you perhaps an extra responsibility to try and keep price rises as, as low as possible yeah and it, it sort of makes me laugh quite often when i read some of the social media or i'm contacted by by customers or members that 
sort of the 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 local accusation is always that you know jerseys a bit of a rip off prices are too high um so you know from our perspective it's not in our interest to 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 pass on or increase prices to increase profit you know all of our profits go back to our members you know they own us so what we need to do we've got an obligation to those members 120,000 between jersey and guernsey to make sure that you know we deliver what what they require and and so those profits are shared back with the membership. We we work hard. We, we we do see our obligations slightly different to our competitors. And the easiest thing to do in you know, through through the pandemic and even now with rising prices that will will mean a squeeze on margins for us, less profit coming through, is to to give up and, and you know stop supporting the community. We, we will continue to make sure that you know those sponsorship deals or that investment we, we're doing a lot of work with food banks at the moment to make sure that the community continue to get the support from their local co-op thanks to mark cox for talking with me today and thank you for listening to the bailiwick podcast you can find the podcast on all the usual pod places and don't forget to like and share the music at the beginning and end of this podcast is i shift my weight by luno tune in next week for more